0: Love Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jaikar, and you've turned into tuned into <laughs> or turned if you're on web pages um, into um, women's grace and grit. And today's episode, um, today's show, is titled "The Grace Within What We Call Wrong." So um, it's 2017. And I've been intentionally, consciously focusing on learning to have a relationship with my spirit and soul since I was 22 when I had moved into an ashram. Because um, while I would work during the days as an architect for Boston hospitals, um, which clearly meant I had to have some um, intellectual um, ability, I knew that something was missing and I knew it from the fact that um, that how I'd been raised was really to be in quite active relationship with nature and just using my you know kind of intellectual intelligence didn't satisfy me and so I wanted to learn more and I had been raised a Catholic and a lot of the mystical experiences in, in the Catholic Church I loved you know midnight mass and and many of the, um, you know, the baptismal ceremonies that I attended and etc. But something was missing. And so since I was 22, so almost 40 years, I've been going, huh, what is it to have a soul? How do I have a soul re- relationship with my soul while I'm also in this material world, this physical world? And one of the things that I am grateful for is this choice of mine. It's really, I call it a grace. It wasn't so much an intention, an intentional decision as um, a longing and seeking. But one of the things that I appreciate about it is the times we're in now, 2017, require, demand, are insane, um, or can feel insane unless you have a relationship with your spirit and soul. There's the material world, there's the mystical world. They're both important. They're both part of what we are um, required and also able to engage. But it's not unlike a good marriage or a good cup of coffee or anything. When you have two distinct elements, not only distinct but very different, um, and you figure out how to get them to play nice together, something magical happens, a third entity happens. So for example, in the example that I I brought in first, marriage. You have a male and you have a female. Very distinct biology, capabilities, um, hormones, which then, you know, support some functions and and limit others. And yet if they are able, both stand to themselves, but also... um, be willing and clear and intentional and consistent in creating a third entity called the marriage, Um, it demands not only an alchemy of the male and the female aspects, but something new is created, which is a partnership, a union. That is really what we're meant to do with our spirit and soul, which is kind of that mystical, non you know, tangible um, with our physical senses, part of us, but then also there's this physical, you know, the part of us that does see, touch, smell, taste. Um, and um, those two are meant to be in a relationship like a man and a woman are meant to be in a good, you know, whether it's a marriage or committed relationship, there's an alchemy that happens when it works. And there's an alchemy that happens when. We are willing to be both human and divine, material and energy. And that is the times we're living in because a lot of what we're looking at and experiencing and freaking out about is, oh, my God, how are we going to do this? How are we going to you know, stop the runaway train that's climate change? How are we going to stop the runaway train that is, if we have conflict, let's go kill them? Um, How are we going to stop the runaway train that says there's more than enough resources uh, of all sorts to take care of every person on the planet, and yet a very small portion have too much and, and the majority have not enough? All of these things, and I could keep going on and on, all of these are answers we cannot serve to answer with our minds alone. We have to pull in our spirit and soul and their wisdom, their abilities, their vision. But we have to clearly still, you know, engage the physical world. So I'm not, you know, I don't believe and nor have I ever seen it work that one can simply sit on one's couch and think happy thoughts and and envision happy endings. It doesn't work that way. Um, And anybody who's out in the field of either manifestation Um, or spirituality or healing will tell you you have to engage we have to take actions Um, and I think this is one of the you know clear messages on the planet today we have to engage what we care for we have to show up on behalf of it so today's show I'm going to read the um, intro if you were to look at your life with the eyes of the soul for reclaiming the mistakes the wrongs the different as footprints of your soul How would you reclaim the story of your life? One less flawed and perhaps more truly yours. Or perhaps the story of becoming conscious of family patterns you were chosen to make conscious and evolve. Truth be told, looking through the eyes of your soul renders many wrongs, differences, failures as the jewels of your life from your soul's perspective. So today, I'm going to share how you can claim More of your life as a holy journey that will change what you now, with your mind, will look at with despair or be discouraged by, and how what challenges you are holy catalysts for claiming the awesome powers and resources of your spirit and soul. Interesting times do not come without the means to navigate and be victorious in them if you know how to translate the language of your spirit and soul. So, I'm going to share a story. Um, because this is really how we humans navigate. We have stories. We have a story, uh, for example, we have a story about something being too hard for us to achieve victory with, or someone being too different from us to be safe or trustworthy. Um, the stories we have about our life, ourselves and others are really how we not only the world but it's how we engage the world and thus how we have experiences from the world so you know this is a story that i realized um i have three children um and the first child who's now 33 when i took him to his college visits i remember feeling very nostalgic a little sad And really kind of forlorn about, you know, here he was off to this wonderful adventure. And here I was feeling very challenged in my life. At that point, my marriage was unraveling. Um, I had a a young child that I'd had at 42. My middle child was furious at me um, for for not paying attention to her now that there was a baby and her and her father not paying attention to her, which, of course, you know, was my problem. Um, And I'm going through, you know, menopause, which is always such a wonderful time. Um, And I was feeling a little sorry for myself, but also like I had really gotten off on a, 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 you know, I I had gotten off at the wrong station in my life. And the train had come and gone. That was really uh, a better one to, to have taken so um and so you know I did the same thing with my second child. It was a little less poignant, but you know those feelings were still there. And then this past fall I took my youngest child, you know, on the many of the college tours and boy have they changed. Um you know from the first one which is you just show up, you listen to a few question and answers you drop your kid off for a few days you come back you pick them up you pay the bill um, now wow it's like bells and whistles and marketing and stuff but it, it was an interesting experience um, because at this point my marriage had resolved um, I was no longer in the in, in you know the ups and downs and mood swings and energy swings of perimenopause um, I had developed you know a business um there were you know the the daughter the two daughters were working on you know mending fences and getting curious about each other so things were you know definitely on the upswing and so as i listened you know to uh, we were at um like uh emory we was listening to the admissions rep give her talk um and you know and i just thought huh you know here's my daughter thinking about moving south Um, We live in New England and, huh, yeah, I remember this, you know, wanting to explore a different part of the country. I grew up in the Midwest and I came out east to go to school because I hadn't spent a lot of time out east. We had traveled a lot to the west coast and the south and southeast and northwest, but not the east. And so, you know, having grown up traveling and, and knowing adventures were a very important part of one's education, I chose to come out east and And here was my daughter, you know, choosing perhaps to go down south. Um, and I was at a school that had a very you know has a good architecture program, and I was an architect. It also has a very good biomed program, and I had gone into my first school, um, which was Brown University, to become a marine biologist. And yet, after a year of being in that program, while I loved the program, I hated the people I was in class with. They were mostly pre-meds. They were very aggressive. Um, it wasn't about learning. It was about beating, you know, making sure you were on top, even if it meant telling you the wrong answer in a study group. So you got, you know, you got the answer wrong, and they, you know, had a better place on the curve. And um, and And so, you know, but I always wondered, you know, what – was that the right thing, you know because again i I love science um, and I always say if I were a child now, if I were entering college, I'd absolutely go into environmental science or um the study of the brain, and you know not that there's not science with architecture, but it's 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 not the same, you know um and so I've always wondered about that and um and you know, and also kind of figure wondering, did I just not you know push myself hard enough did I just not kind of override all those you know challenges and experiences but but, as I was listening to this admissions officer um talk, I had this epiphany um, and the epiphany was it wasn't that the first college you know being at Brown in marine biology with all these pre med students wasn't you know it wasn't that I couldn't cut it it was. It was that it wasn't a good fit for me, and it wasn't a good fit because the artist of me um, needed more space. It needed to have a place in my life, and I had cut it out of um, I, had, I had cut it out of my life because my parents, who were very you know focused on education as teachers and professors, were like, "eh, that's a nice hobby, but you don't do that for work. You don't do that as a career." But it was, but, but it was, and it still is a very large part of who I am, and that part of me said, "No, you know, doing this, just you know, kind of putting, putting your nose to the grindstone, and having to be compensating and meeting a challenge and being in this environment, you're not going to be taking care of this part of you, and, you know, and I realized, you know." it wasn't so much I couldn't cut it or I bailed or I just, you know, kind of whimped out. It was, it wasn't the better choice for me. It wasn't the better choice for more of me. And, and, you know, when I looked at it from the perspective, now this is my third child, so I've been out of college for 30, 40, almost, so yeah, almost 40 years, um, you know, there's a, clearly I'm now looking back with enough perspective to see a much bigger picture. And it was to see that my soul had intervened and said, I'm sorry, you know, we need to kind of course correct you. Stay in the same town, stay in the same house because you love your roommates, but go to a different school where not only can that intellectual part of you be served, but this artist part this poet part, this muse part of you also has room to express herself. And it was it was really, really wonderful to kind of go, oh my gosh. You know, those places those places that we sometimes tell ourselves we failed or we weren't good enough or why. It's because when we allow our soul to have room in our life, to have impact in our life it, it will often bend us to something that is better for us when we are down the road. And we can turn around and we can look at the perspective. It's kind of like, you know, when you climb a mountain or you climb a hill and you get up there, yeah, it's hard work. But when you get up and you stop and you turn around and you catch your breath, it's like, oh, my gosh, look at that. This is what all that was for. And, and you know, the truth is if if I had... I already had consciously said no to my father in terms of his vision for me, which was to be you know, a super uber um, professor um, um, because I knew it wasn't going to carry, uh, take care of enough of me. But here I was kind of doing a mini version of it by telling myself I had kind of failed. I had kind of wimped out. And not that architecture school is easy. I mean, I almost flunked out of there for my first experience. That was the first, because I had no design experience in three dimensions, and I was again coming in as a transfer and had people who were third generation. I mean, talk about being out of your element. But you know, that part of me that had 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 gently pivoted me back into more of my artist self took care of me and said yeah you're gonna have a, you know you're gonna seem to be bottoming out, but we'll take care of you because we've put you here and I think that was the other thing I really got some perspective on sitting in that missions office um, listening to you know the hundredth um admission spiel in three um with three children. It was huh you know maybe I look. At what I call, you know, used to call my mistakes and what I did wrong, and how, you know, I I didn't do it right, um, is is more as kind of like footprints where my soul was saying, and this is important too, um, and you know, it it was a very interesting aha, uh-huh because it it showed me, you know, it showed me. As Shakespeare said, and I love this, um nothing is right or wrong; it's our thinking that makes it so. meaning things happen, and how do we label them how What story do we tell about them? Because perhaps what happens in life is is it's all okay, you know it's like it's like <laughs> how could I think of this? It's like going to the beach. There's probably five different footpaths you can take down to the ocean. But if you take one, does that mean you're wrong because you didn't take another? No, you just took that one. Why? Who knows? Maybe, you know, you wanted to go towards into the sun. Maybe you wanted to go away from the sun. Maybe you, you know, wanted to fo- follow a friend. I mean, you know, our mind struggles to know everything because it doesn't. Your mind is not the entirety of what's going on. It cannot translate, forecast, tell you, control everything that you have um, happening around you and within you. And so when we we compress ourselves to only be intellectual, only be thinking what we think is the, the totality of reality, we are missing a huge part of ourselves, a huge part of what is actually going on, and a huge part of our ability to really understand that there is nothing wrong or bad or right or good. It is our thinking that makes it so, meaning there are times we are not going to understand something. And if we simply say, may it be a blessing, I will receive it as a blessing, our commitment to that will make it so and it is the one thing i know about the times we're living in we have to have to have to or you will go nuts um and i mean it literally nuts and and uh, and or despairing um we have to expand into more of the play of our spirit and soul and that play is very grounded meaning excuse me i'm going to cough here <coughs> It doesn't mean we sit on a couch. It means we take what we have as experiences and we make them into actions. Excuse me. (coughs) Because there is that alchemy. The soul and spirit want to serve our physical life. And our physical life wants to have the spirit and soul inform it and flow through it. And it's both and. Just like in a good marriage or a good partnership, a man and a woman, very different, but very complementary if they work together. So there's so much more I could talk on this, but I'm going to go because we're over time. But think about where you now tell yourself you screwed up or you failed or you really dropped the ball. And if you're far enough away from it, meaning, yeah, sometimes it does take time to be able to see it and understand it but begin to to allow there might be something other than what your mind tells you going on so i'm going to wrap it up we'll be back next week um as always love to hear from you um and um and uh here we go take care bye